Welcome to the Organized Investor Pod Class with Jerry Goodman and Megan Hubbard from Tennessee Wealth Management. These pod classes are an inside look at how they work with clients to organize their investments, their retirements, and their affairs. After you've listened to a number of these pod classes, you yourself may decide that you would like to discuss your personal situation with them, and they would welcome that conversation. We suggest you subscribe so you'll receive reminders about the next class. And with the tools and information on our website, theorganizedinvestor.com, you can start getting organized right now. Hello, listeners. I'm Megan Hubbard, along with my dad, Jerry Goodman, and students. We're glad you're able to join us today for pod class number five. Since I'm a former first grade teacher at Christian Academy of Knoxville, my role is for us to present this information in a way that you'll not only understand, but will be able to utilize in your everyday life. And since dad has over 40 years of industry experience and he has the knowledge and the war stories to help avoid some of these issues you don't want to encounter, we are going to lean heavily on his expertise today. We truly enjoy sharing this information with you and invite you to contact us with any easy questions you may have. That was easy. (laughs) Just kidding. You can contact us with hard questions too. Now we're not going to promise that we're going to answer them, but you can contact us. In the previous pod class number four, we began our discussion on how we can help you organize your affairs with a local estate planning attorney for a flat fee. That's going to possibly save you about $1,000 versus working with an attorney directly. We also explained our five-step process for all of this and that it can be viewed on the affairs page of our website, theorganizedinvestor.com. About half of everyone listening to this has not done any type of estate planning. So if that's you, don't feel badly. You're in a boat with some other people. And for the other half that have done some planning, a lot of what is in place is either out of date, wrong, or maybe even incomplete. Some of you may have even moved here to the beautiful state of Tennessee from another state, and we explained how a local attorney will review your documents at no cost if you're concerned that they may need to be updated or corrected. So pod classes four, five, and six are devoted to explaining all of this. But even if you listen to every word, will we cover everything you need to know? Probably not, but it will be a very good start to this process. Now, if you're thinking, okay, wait a second, y'all are financial planners. Why the big discussion about estate planning? And the fact that we mentioned about a zillion times in pod class number four that we don't receive any compensation by helping you with this may also seem a bit strange. So before we dive any deeper into this, you need to actually understand why we spend time on estate planning and why it's become a passion for us. First off, we've been helping people with this for years, and it's a nice way to get to know people, some of whom become our clients in the process. Not everybody will, but some do. Another reason, it's something that everyone needs to address, and about half of everyone has actually ignored it. So it's easy to find people who need this help. Exactly. We've conducted over 100 estate planning workshops in recent years. And several years back, I was actually conducting one in Fairfield Glade in beautiful downtown Crossfield. There were about 10 people in the room, classroom seating. We had soft drinks, snacks. That was the kind of the general gist of what was going on. And I was explaining to the group you know, how we could help them with their estate planning documents with a local estate planning attorney for a flat fee. And it would probably save them about $1,000 for just working with an attorney directly. 
Now, how they save that much money is because we provide complimentary assistance with this process and because we don't receive any compensation related to someone getting their documents in order. So that's a complicated way of saying we're going to do this for free, right? So does that really seem like an odd thing to do? It always seemed kind of reasonable to us. But then a lady in the class announced, well, nobody works for free. And she sounded a bit irritated. So I said, look, I understand why you may think that. And sure, sometimes the people that we help, they may become clients, but not always. And I've never discussed this at one of these workshops, but since you brought it up, I'm going to share one of the many examples of why we do this and why we don't charge for it. Now, to do this, I've got to go back in time, Saturday, February 23rd, 2019, which happened to be one of my mother's birthdays. But it had rained nine straight days in Knoxville. And on this particular day, it had rained another five inches that day alone. It was eight o'clock at night. I would just It had just gotten dark. I was going let's say 40 miles an hour down South Peters Road, which is a four-lane road that also has a turn lane in the middle. Fortunately, I'm by myself. I'm in my little Toyota 4Runner, and suddenly my car plows into this flooded area of the road, and water instantly just crashes over the hood of the car. And I'm realizing, what just happened? I roll down the window. Water is pouring into the car, into my lap. So I climbed out, and within about, let's say, 10 seconds of all this happening, I'm now standing on the door, holding the roof rack. The car is still sinking. The water is up to my knees. And I look back to where I had, from where I had come, and I realize I'm like 200 feet away from where I drove into the water. So right or wrong, I made the decision, jump in, start swimming back at night, because I couldn't touch the ground. It was that deep. Swimming back at night, my clothes on, which I realized was a lot more difficult than I had expected. So as you might tell by the fact I'm talking to you, I didn't drown, but I literally crawled out of the water like a swamp monster and noticed this little small road close sign that someone decided to put in the turn lane, which was kind of very hard to see. So I wasn't lucky enough to have noticed the sign, but I did realize how lucky I was that nobody was in the car with me because I'm not sure I could have gotten them out, even if it had been my favorite dog. It happened that fast. So with my little life ex- event over yet? No. The next morning, I learned that two more drivers hadn't noticed the sign either and had also driven into the water in the exact same place. The last one was a fellow named Chris Duty, 59, 59-year-old handicapped Air Force veteran. And because his left leg had been amputated, he couldn't get out of the car, and he died later that night at Park West Medical Center. As if this couldn't have been any sadder, his wife, Rebecca, was actually on the phone with him when this happened. So I got in touch with her. And you you may say, what'd you do that for? It's because I wanted her to understand just what happened and that the sign was very easy to miss and you couldn't see the water at night. And for me, this was already a life-changing event, but I wanted to have the complete experience. So a few days later, I found myself sitting in the last row of a chapel at the Veterans Cemetery out in South Knoxville attending the funeral of someone I had never met. Now, how would you like to visualize your family sitting on the front row of a funeral and you're the one in the casket? It's not much fun, and it's a very stark reminder that none of us is guaranteed to live another day. Sounds corny, but that's what happened. So does this help explain why we're so passionate about getting you organized? Do you understand why we try to minimize the cost so it's not an excuse to procrastinate? And do we have other examples? 
We sure do. But this is the only one where I almost died in a story. So I thought I would share this with you. So Megan, why don't you get us back up to the present day? Absolutely. And I am thankful that we are in present day and that my dad is still here after that whole incident. It was very scary. So we focused on this area for over two decades, like I said. And if you had the choice, would you rather pay a flat fee to get your estate planning in order or pay someone by the hour? Now, Think about that for just a moment, because sometimes dealing with a professional who actually charges by the hour can get a little out of hand. If you'd prefer a flat fixed fee, we can facilitate you working with a local estate planning attorney who will typically provide services in this way. This helps to avoid the uncertainty of paying for legal services at an hourly rate and remove some of the uncertainty around the cost of getting this done. Plus, this may be a better solution than a do-it-yourself approach on the internet. The flat fee we're talking about is for one of two different options of documents that a local estate planning attorney can prepare for you. So let's get into option number one. If you want to use an entire package of documents from a local estate planning attorney that includes a will, as in last will and testament, and it includes these documents for a couple, not an individual, but for for both a husband and wife, let us say, would $595 be a reasonable fee for a package? Now, I would think most people would say, that seems like a pretty good deal, considering I'm, a, I'm getting the services of an actual attorney. And if you don't, I might suggest that you do a little bit of research to, to see this, because it, it really is a very good deal. Option two, if you prefer to use that same package of documents, but that it also includes a revocable living trust, and that it's also for a couple, would $795 be a reasonable, reasonable fee for that package? Again, most people think that's a bargain. So again, $595 for a will package, $795 for a package that includes a, tr- a revocable living trust, and both of these are for a couple. Now, the only other cost for the trust package might be that if you need to retitle property, like, for example, your home into the trust, that usually runs about $200 per deed per piece of property. So if you have one house, you need one deed. Two houses means you need to retitle two pieces of property and so forth. So let's take some time on these estate planning documents that my dad just spoke of that make up the two different packages that we've mentioned. One package has four documents for each person. So that's for a couple, which here are the documents. You've got a financial power of attorney, a healthcare power of attorney, a living will, and a regular will. And what's the cost for that package? Again, it's available from a local estate planning attorney for a flat fee that is usually no more than $595. Now, you may be wondering, is that per person? No, that's $595, and it includes the four documents for a couple. It's not $595 each. It's $595 for both. So again, is this a good deal? Yes, it is. And you don't even have to have a school coupon. Now, you may already know this, but let's just take a moment to clarify a couple things about these documents. What does a healthcare power of attorney actually do? Well, it lets a healthcare professional share your information with someone like your family member that you trust and also take instructions from them about your medical treatments. It's important, but it's not the most important one out of this whole group. So why do I need a living will? This is sometimes referred to as the Terry Shivo document because she was the unfortunate person in Florida on life support for 15 years because she had never signed a living will. Now, like the healthcare power of attorney, this is a document that is readily available at, say, hospitals, doctor's office, and may prove to be very, very important, very almost invaluable if you ever ended up in a similar situation as her. 
For the financial power of attorney, do I need one if I already have a will? Yes, absolutely yes. Yes, yes, and yes again. So first, the power of attorney is actually for while you're still living. And the will is when you're not still living. So that would mean you're dead, right? Exactly. (laughs) In fact, the power of attorney expires at your death and the will actually takes over after you have died. So is it really that important? Again, yes, it is. In fact, it may be the most important document out of all of them. And um, that even includes the will. The reason is if you have something that incapacitates you, like a stroke or a heart attack, there are a number of things that your spouse cannot do unless you have a financial power of attorney. And are we going to give you some of those examples? Yes, we are. Here we go. They cannot sign your name on a tax return. Can't do it. Can they withdraw money from your retirement plan? Nope. They cannot do that. Can they sign the deed if the house needs to be sold? Again, the answer is no. So ultimately, your spouse is stuck in their situation. Yeah, simply by not having that financial power of attorney. What happens if you're incapacitated and don't have this financial power of attorney that we're pestering you about? Is there a remedy? Well, there is, but the only really alternative is to go to court to get someone to become your conservator which can be a long and expensive trip through the legal system. So you may think, well, how just how big of a deal is that? Well, it can take several months. There has to be an attorney for you, one for the person that needs to be your conservator. So now you're talking about two attorneys that are being paid in the process. So how much are we talking about in terms of money? Well, let's just assume the attorney is going to charge $200 an hour. You can do the math. You could easily be talking about $10,000 when you include the court costs. And this is just to get the conservatorship established. That does include the time and aggravation that that you have to factor in that someone has to go through. So if we had a situation where a client has had to go through this, yeah, and it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it can be an absolute nightmare. And if later on you recover and let's say you want to take that conservatorship away from, from the person, from handling your affairs... Do you have to go back through the court system again? Yeah, you almost kind of have to start over to undo what was already done. So will having a financial power of attorney help you avoid all of this? Yes, it will, but it needs to be a valid power of attorney just to make sure that people are going to accept it down the road. So the fourth document in a package is the will. And most everyone has an understanding of what a will is designed to do. But just to be on the safe side, let's cover that. So a will is for you to designate who you want to inherit your assets at your passing and any number of other things you want to occur after your death. And what happens to that half of society that doesn't have a will? Well, there's actually a saying that if you don't have a will, no big deal, because the state of Tennessee has one for you. They're so kind like that. Aren't they? We're here so, to help you. Are you old enough to remember the show Leave It to Beaver? Dad, I know you are because I remember it and that wouldn't make sense if you didn't remember it. Do you remember what Ward Cleaver did for a living? He was an insurance agent. He was. You are right. So just remember that for this little example that we have put together here. We've kind of rewritten the last episode <clears throat> of Leave It to Beaver. So don't go back and watch the show and think, wait, I don't remember that happening because it actually, <laughs> what we're getting ready to say actually didn't. We're just using them as an example. Well, as far as, the, as, far as they know, it did. <laughs> yes. So in the, our last episode of Leave It to Beaver, Ward actually dies and he doesn't have a will. Oh, I know. What a dummy. Well, anyway. So what happens next? Well, he owned a million dollars in property that was only in his name. 
and he couldn't designate a beneficiary for that piece of real estate. So it ended up in his estate. And since he didn't have a will, you're probably wondering, okay, well, who inherited it? Well, in Tennessee, if Ward had lived in Tennessee, state law would dictate that the property would be inherited equally by his wife, June, and their two children, Wally and the Beaver. So ultimately, they would have each inherited a third of the property. So you're saying that June couldn't inherit the entire property. And yes, that's what we're saying, because it was in his name only, and he did not have a will. Now, her children, Wally and the Beaver, they could just let her have all the property if they wanted to and keep it all in her name. But in this particular little in this little example, they're not required to do that, okay? Now, this may, some people we've said, well, that doesn't seem fair if the tendency to dictate who inherits this. But it may seem that way, but something has to be in place because since, like, say, a deceased person uh, hasn't taken the time to create a will, something has to be done. Otherwise, everyone that dies without a will is going to have their family fighting over all these things in court. And remember, half of everybody has not done a will, half of society, which is why every state pretty much has these types of rules in place. Do you have an investment advisory account that has a mediocre performance? Would you like to organize your estate planning for a flat fee? What has your financial advisor not told you? These types of questions and topics are exclusive to the Organized Investor Pod class and may benefit you in a number of ways. Megan Hubbard and her CFP dad, Jerry Goodman, suggest you hit the subscribe button so you can be sure not to miss out on future pod classes that will share valuable information on these topics and more. So we're still discussing the first package of documents. And as a reminder, how much is this package? Well, it has the four documents, a healthcare power of attorney, a financial power of attorney, a living will, and a regular will. And the cost is $595, which is for a couple. Megan, also, is that is that for a couple? It's, it is for a couple. And a couple means two, two people. Okay. It's prepared by a very experienced local estate planning attorney. And how much do we charge for helping you with all of this? So for probably, I don't know, the 59th time, we don't receive any compensation related to you getting your affairs in order. And I know we've repeated ourselves, but we do this because sometimes it doesn't sink in after saying it only 58 times. And what's in the other package? What's in option number two? For a slightly higher fee, the attorney will also include a revocable living trust. And the goal here is to simplify and to try to avoid probate. So if the first package is $595, how much is this revocable living trust? And it may be unnecessary to pay more than $795 for these five documents in this package, which again, which is also for a couple. It's not $795 each, it's $795 for both. And don't forget that another cost might be, if you're using a trust, to retitle the real estate, like your home, for example, into the name of the trust. And the more real estate you have, the more you're going to need to retitle. So how much does it cost to retitle a piece of property into the name of a revocable living trust? Maybe that question has now crossed your mind. Well, it's actually $200 for each one. So for example, your house would be $200 and any other property that you would have, let's say you own a vacation home up the road, that's also going to be $200. Again, is this a bargain? 
yes, we would say that it actually is. And why is it such a bargain? Well, we explained all of this in pod class number four, that the attorney is only involved in two out of the five steps in the whole process. So again, the reason the fees are so economical is because we actually provide complimentary assistance with the process, which then allows the attorney to reduce the time they need to spend and thus reduce this reduce the fees they would normally charge. So there are two flat fee packages, but which one should you use? Well, like a lot of things in life, it actually depends on your situation, which is what we're going to cover next. So let's start off with what do most people want? When we were conducting live estate planning workshops, it was very common for people to have the preconceived idea that they wanted to have a revocable living trust, but they didn't really have an accurate understanding of why they wanted a revocable living trust. So how does that happen? Well, it's probably because they have a friend or a family member who said, you need to get a trust. So let's just take a moment and clear up some of the misconceptions that are commonly shared by that friend or family member. For example, will a revocable living trust keep you from getting sued if you happen to hit a school bus? The answer is no. That's why you have car insurance. Next question. Will a revocable living trust protect your your home if you get Medicaid to pay for your nursing home? Again, the answer is no. There is a different type of trust that might help with that, but it's not going to be a revocable living trust. Next one, will a revocable living trust save you you some taxes versus just using a will? The answer is an absolutely no, it won't. What you own in your revocable living trust is tied to your social security number and the income and tax events still end up on your personal tax return. Here's the fourth, will a revocable living trust make sure I can avoid probate? And you may think, well, that's yes. Well, unfortunately it's no, and it, it, it might allow you to avoid probate, but there's no guarantee that when you finally pass away, all of your assets are going to be owned by that trust. If you have a timeshare somewhere that never got entitled into your na- into the name of the trust, it's going to have to send your whole estate, your whole situation through probate. So what's left? Um, let's see. Well, what does a revocable living trust actually do? That does cross your mind at this point after it, everything it doesn't do, doesn't it? Exactly. And actually, there's not a long list, but here's a few things your family may be able to avoid if you can avoid probate. So you're going to avoid the fee to pro- probate court, which can be hundreds of dollars, the fee to a probate attorney, which can be pretty significant at times, the aggravation of probate, which takes a minimum of four months in Tennessee, which is not terrible, but that's still four months that you're having to deal with probate. And it may prevent your personal information from becoming public in the newspaper, which who wants your business published in the newspaper, right? So that's pretty much it. It's not going to protect you from getting sued, protect your house if you go into a nursing home, and it's not going to save you on taxes. In fact, you can accomplish anything you want, whether you decide to just use a will or by using a revocable living trust, really anything. The trust will probably make things easier for your family and might allow you to avoid probate, but not for some of the other things that you may think um, could be potential benefits to having a revocable living trust. Exactly. So let's try to summarize this and give you a little bit of a simple comparison. A revocable living trust is a little less expensive and a little more aggravation for you now, and it may be less expensive and less aggravation for your for your family later on down the road. A will is the opposite. A will is basically a little less expensive and less aggravation to you now, 
and probably a little more expensive and more aggravation to your family later. But again, will having a revocable living trust guarantee that you avoid probate? And the answer is no, because there's always that chance that something is not properly titled, which may cause your estate to have to go through probate in the first place, which is what you're trying to avoid. And keep in mind that Tennessee is a very probate-friendly state. Most of the counties don't even require you have an attorney to be involved in this whole process. So in other words, your family member may be able to handle the probate process if they're willing and they're able to actually be in the mood to handle something like that. With all of that said, even if you can avoid probate, we're about to explain why it still should go through probate and why nobody has shared this with you. If you sell real estate being held by a revocable living trust after the grantors have died, most title companies will make you wait 12 months to get the proceeds. Yes, I just said 12 months. That's one year. This is because there's a one-year period for creditors to make a claim on the assets. And a title insurance company is not going to insure a property that is still within the creditor's claim period. As a result, the title company will usually not release the money until the creditor's claim period has actually expired. And we went through the process of contacting a variety of title companies in the area and were given a similar explanation for this same scenario. Now, every situation is different, but if the estate is processed through the probate court, the creditor claim period can actually be reduced down to about four months, which is a lot less than a year. So even after going through all the expense and all the aggravation of using a revocable living trust to avoid probate, going through probate may actually be the best alternative. That's exactly what we're saying, unless maybe your children or your family, your beneficiaries are okay in waiting maybe 12 months to receive the proceeds from a real estate sale. Now, has an attorney or some financial advisor ever explained this to you? I doubt it, because either they're simply not aware of it or because they're interested in you using the revocable living trust, which is a more complicated solution and makes it a more expensive alternative. And just because this is the first time someone may have ever shared this with you doesn't mean we just made this up. We're here to try to give you an accurate explanation of the situation so you can make an informed decision. That's right. So ultimately, you get to decide. And we can actually help you understand which option might be best for you. So this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to just have to have a conversation about your personal situation. In fact, in pod class number four, we actually explained that after educating yourself with these episodes, the next step is to have a discussion with us. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of each option as it relates to you and what you're trying to accomplish or maybe avoid. Now, this will sound a little ridiculously obvious maybe, but why do we have lots of information about estate planning on the affairs page of our website? You might be wondering that. It's there to help you get educated and to get started with this whole process. So let's begin with us, and then we're going to talk about you a little bit. So do we have a very successful practice? Yes, we do. We think so. I I would say yes. 40 years seems successful um, and lots of long-term clients. Do we have the tools and experience to help you? Yes, we do. How long have you been focusing on estate planning? Well, my dad's been focusing on this for over two decades. How much can you save versus working with a local estate planning attorney directly? Probably about $1,000 like we've mentioned before. Exactly. Now, let's just touch on the $1,000 for a minute. As much as saving $1,000 on your estate planning documents may seem like a great idea, just keep in mind that this is a one-time savings. So as we've discussed in this other podcast, what you can save in hidden fees and costs and some of these expenses in your portfolio may not only be multiples of that $1,000, 
But those are recurring savings that happens this year, next year, every year going forward. So back to your estate planning. And once again, how much compensation do we receive from helping you with all this? The answer is nothing. It's zero, nada. We don't make anything from helping you with that. And you may say, but seriously, how much do you really get from helping us with this? And we'd say, seriously, nothing. And if that bothers you, I'm sorry. It's just kind of, we don't charge for this sort of thing. So do we have a financial incentive to steer you in the wrong direction with your estate planning documents? The answer is absolutely not. It doesn't matter to us whether you use a revocable living trust or a will. I mean, I would say this, having one, either one is better than not having either, any of them. Okay. Yes, I would agree with that. So we said we were going to talk about us, but then we were also going to talk about you. So here we go. Are you going to live forever? Probably not. I don't know that anybody wants to live forever, right? Like That'd be kind of scary, actually. <laughs> yeah, that would be a hard life, I feel like. Do you intentionally want to leave a problem for your family that may have serious financial implications as well? I feel like the majority are going to say probably not. You always have those few outliers where there's been something that's happened that you think, oh, well, yeah, maybe I do want to like stick it to that person after I die. But that's not typically what we run into. Also, why should you worry about all of this? Well, it's for your family. It's not for you. It's not for us. It's not for the attorney. It's for your family. And if you ignore all of this, will you leave a huge mess for your family? Quite possibly. So in podcast number four, we actually talked about Jack who died without a valid will. And since his partner Lucy and him weren't married, she didn't inherit the $500,000 of real estate he wanted her to have. She was literally evicted from her house and had her car towed away by Jack's daughter. When we give you examples like this, does it sound like we're trying to scare you? Yes, because we are trying to scare you. This is These are real life situations that we have witnessed and seen the implications of. So since you already know you need to do this, are we going to repeatedly hound you about it? No, we're not. Um, We're going to spend the time that we need to spend with the people that want to be helped. So where can you find all of this information so you can get started? As Megan mentioned a minute ago, it's on the affairs page of our website, theorganizedinvestor.com. And what exactly is there? Well, we've got videos, profile forms. You can even download a copy of our book called The Widow's Digest that we wrote 20 years ago. We have a 50-item checklist that you can actually complete online from our website to help us understand your areas of concern. There's even a profile form that you can complete online before you have a discussion with us, and that'll help us, again, to understand more about your situation. So are all of these tools available there to help you get started right now? Yes, they are. So you really don't have an excuse. And do you understand that you need to do this? Yes, you do. And we're here to help. But again, we're not going to continually pester you about this because you're a big person and you need to realize that you're going to have to take ownership of this. And at some point in time, reach out and start the process and let us help you with it. So every good teacher summarizes for their class what they've learned at the end of the lesson. So let's do that now. Pod class number four was how we can help you organize your affairs with a local estate planning attorney for a flat fee, which may save you about $1,000 versus working with an attorney directly. We also explained our five-step process for all of this and that it can be viewed on the affairs page of our website, theorganizedinvestor.com. So in this pod class five, we've explained why we offer to help you at no cost, as well as these two different packages one that uses a will, the other that includes a provocable living trust. We've also covered what a trust will do, what a trust won't do. 
And while we're happy to have a discussion with you about which one would probably make more sense for your situation. So pod classes four, five, and six were devoted to explaining all of this. But even if you listen to every word, will we cover everything you need to know? Probably not, but it will be a very good start to this process. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe on your player to be reminded of future episodes that will be released. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and several other social media platforms. Please listen to a number of pod classes to educate yourself with our approach. And at that point, we can have a chat to understand your situation and see if working together might be a good fit. In the meantime, feel free to contact us with any questions, hopefully easy ones. Okay. I was going to say easy, easy is better than hard, but we'll take you, take all of them. We'll take all of them, but we like to, to start off with easies. And we are thankful that you joined us today and class is dismissed. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the organized investor or TN Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning or before making any investment decision. And please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation. The organized investor cannot accept trade or account instructions on or through this platform. Please contact us directly at contact us at tnwealthmgt.com or 656-415-2060 to place a trade or for trade or account-related questions. Brokerage and advisory services are provided by TN Wealth Management through Prospera Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. The organized investor is a brand name operated by TN Wealth Management for educational platform purposes.